Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're playing a game again. We're playing a game, motherfucker. Uh, we're talking about 2021's Spiral from the Book of Saw. You want to play games, motherfucker? Alright, I'll play. The ninth movie in the Saw series. Uh, I'm joined by our Saw correspondent, Jake Johnson. Jake, how you doing? Stacy, I am once again doing fantastic. That's good. Uh, we just watched Spiral. Yep, just got done with it. Your first time watching it? Yeah, first time ever. Um, never really saw it. Didn't really know the premise if it was like a, a soft reboot or if it was like a story continuation. Sure. But yeah, had a heck of a fun time watching it and can't wait to dive into it. Yeah, it's... Um, what, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was definitely um, a stronger performance from uh, a Saw movie that we've seen in a while. Sure. I definitely put it up in like the topper, top half of the Saw movies, I would totally. say. Yeah. I would say top four. I think Saw 2 is my favorite. Yep. Far yeah. and away. Mm-hmm. But then Saw, Saw 6, and Spiral, I think those three could go in any order. I think Spiral was more well acted than oh, yeah. than like any of the Saws before. Definitely. Definitely the best acted yeah. one in the series. Like it, like, like it had a lot of more tension than I was expecting it to have throughout the movie. It feels like a real movie. Yeah. It Unlike, feels it feels like a movie, and it's you almost forget it's a Saw movie. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It feels a little bit like Seven, but it it, it is a Saw movie. Yes. Uh, and that's what's really fun about it, because we weren't sure how Saw-like it was going to be when it came out, because it's Spiral, it's not Saw. Yeah. Uh, but it is a Saw movie. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a, it is a Saw movie through and through. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have a feel of, like, Saw. Especially the, especially, especially the campiness of this what is Saw has high become. Budget. Yeah, this is very high budget. Very um, good. It's got Chris Rock, it's got Samuel L. Jackson, it's, it's, it's really good. If you like the Saw movies, I highly recommend you check this one out. Yeah, the story's compelling, it's uh, topical. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Arguably so, the most topical one. Yeah, definitely. Like, so, damn. What's crazy is this movie was made before George Floyd. That's true. So that's wild. That um, is interesting. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so spoiler alert for Spiral coming up. If, if you've not seen it, go watch the Saw series. And there, you know, if you if you're interested in the Saw series, if you like the Saw movies, check out Spiral. If you haven't seen it, if you don't like the Saw movies, you probably won't like this one. Spoiler alert for Spiral. You've been warned. The point of this podcast is we are going. We are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, and we're going to go through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our current list of 57 rules, which you can check out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. So like I said, spoiler alert for Spiral. Jake, anything else before we get started here? I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's yeah. Been, it's been a hot minute since, uh, since we've... Since I've been on the podcast, yeah, I'm yeah, excited to be back. Hell yeah, dude! And can't wait to get into it. Man. All right, let's get into the plot. A spiral. So the movie begins. Uh, it's a Fourth of July carnival uh, in random city in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, still don't know which city it is. We meet Detective Boswick, who is played by uh, those of you who are uh, fans of Letterkenny, McMurray. Yeah, these characters have nothing in common besides that. He's, no. Yeah. He's corrupt copped. He's a detective. Um, and his big thing is he lies on the stand all the time. Like, under oath, he lies and gets innocent people put away. So he is a corrupt cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is off duty. He's just enjoying the carnival until he sees a purse thief snatch a purse to take off running. So he goes after him. This purse thief runs down into the sewer. 
Do not go into the sewer yeah. after a purse thief. Yeah, it's it's after a purse. Like, who cares? Like, it's, it's a purse, man. Like, yeah, you're doing your job. You're, you're getting the purse. But uh, you're doing your job. You're going after this purse thief. But you, you don't go down into a sewer for a purse. No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take a step, a step back and think. What's the cost on this purse? Cost to benefit ratio. Yeah. What's the cost benefit? What's my ROI? What's my return on investment on this? If I go down into the sewer for this one purse, is it worth going down into a sewer potentially dying? Yeah. I mean, who knows what the hell's down there? Could be a trap. Yeah, because it is. Yep, it, it ends up being a trap. But um, um, And if you're going to do this, at least call in some backup and wait for them. Rule 12, wait for backup. Oh, yeah, this this movie is riddled with rule breaking. This is the big rule 12 movie. Like, I, this is unbelievable how bad this is with the wait for backup. Thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Almost every character this movie violates this rule. Mm-hmm. We're going to be saying rule 12, wait for backup a lot. So, Detective Boswick goes down in the sewers, tracks down the guy. Oh, wait, it's a mannequin. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Rule number two. Constant vigilance. He gets grabbed from behind by Pighead. Yep, Pighead. Pighead's back. This has some meaning this time. The pig theme of the Saw movies is really going to come into play hard in this. Yeah, the whole pig pighead um, of it. it. It's really interesting. So, Detective Boswick waits up, wakes up. He is in a trap. And he is in a subway tunnel. And like he's, he's standing on a small stepladder. He's suspended from a chain that's attached to his tongue. And he's dangling in this subway tunnel. And basically, he has to rip his tongue out if he wants to not get hit by a subway. Yep. I mean, this is because, you know, he used his tongue to lie. Yep. So he has to jump off of the, of the step stool and kind of let his body weight rip his tongue off. Yep. That's um, what he's got to do to survive. So what we always do with the Saw movies is we have two things to talk about. First, like, what did they do wrong before the trap and then after the trap? Mm-hmm. So getting into this trap, first of all, don't be a menace. Don't yeah. lie on the stand. Yeah, don't be a menace. Rule four. A lot of rule four breaking. A lot of rule four breaking. Oh, my God. And then, of course, not waking, waiting for backup. But now that he's in the trap, okay, fucking jump. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's a tongue. I mean, you got a lot of tongue. Yep. He stands there for, like, two minutes trying to, like, get loose or something. But he doesn't jump in time. Yeah. I mean, he could have eased. This was an easy trap. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just it's gotta, gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt, but you just gotta jump, and then you're free. Yeah. I mean, there was sides on this. I mean, I even wrote notes. There was a side on side on each side of the track that he could have gotten to. Yep. And been safe. Rule number twenty-eight is run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run. And this is jump, bitch, jump. It just basically means move your ass. Just yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. Drop, bitch, drop. It's gonna suck, but you gotta do it. But he's not gonna do it. Until, like, the last second, and in midair, after he's jumped off, he gets hit by the subway. Oh, just gets smooshed. Yeah. It's quite fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so he did end up, I mean, in the end, there was really no reason for him to even do that in the first place, because, I mean, the end result is him getting smooshed like a bug. Yep. But that is the end of McMurray from Letterkenny. So we cut to, we meet our main protagonist, Detective Zeke Banks, who is played by Chris Rock. Zeke is a good cop. One of the only ones in this movie. Yeah. He is the only one who really stands up to his fellow officers. And, and you know, this, this movie's a little bit nonlinear. It reveals stuff. It jumps around in time a little bit. Kind of, it's classic Saw. But You're telling me a Saw movie is jumping around the yes. timeline? So we're, we're just going to kind of ignore that. We're just going to talk about stuff instead of leaving the mystery out there. So basically what happened is Zeke was partners with a guy named Pete. And Zeke was, like, outside or down the hall when Pete was talking to a witness one day. And basically, this witness had seen a cop 
doing something bad, like tossing a guy off a roof or something like yeah. that. Some some shady shit. Yep. And this guy was willing to testify that, yeah, I saw a cop do this. Well, Pete, who was also a corrupt cop, is like, well, we can't have that, shoots and kills the witness. Yeah, point blank. Plants a gun on the scene, and he tells like, yeah, the witness pulled a gun on me. And Zeke's like, the witness pulled a gun on you. Okay. Yeah. And it, reports him. It, well, yeah, it doesn't track. No, it doesn't make any sense. A witness would pull a gun? That doesn't make any sense. So Zeke turned Pete in. Pete gets arrested. Corrupt cop. So all the other cops in the department kind of turn on him. So Zeke doesn't trust any of these police officers because the, he's a rat, apparently. Which Fuck is all yeah, of these yeah. people. But it's a real loose term of rat. Yeah, I rat. mean, normally you think of, like, when a poli- police person is a rat, normally you think of them as working with, like, the mob. Sure. Something, like, you know, shifty, shady. You don't think of them as upholding the law and turning in fellow cops. Like, oh, no, this guy turned in a cop who murdered someone. What an asshole. Rule four, <laughs> don't be a menace. So fuck all of these other cops in this movie. Yeah, these cops are uh, these cops are dog shit. Yeah, it's garbage. So what ended up happening is, well out on a call, Z called in for backup because he's getting shot at. And the cops did not respond to the call. Mm-hmm. They're just like, ah, fuck him. Yep. And so Zeke got shot on duty because oh. the other cops didn't have his back. Mm-hmm. Zeke, you might want to move to a new city. And then Sam L. makes a great uh, appearance in Pistol Whips. Yep. Um, one of the other officers. Uh, who... Yeah, Detective Finch. Detective Finch, yep. Uh, so Samuel Jackson was the former chief of police. And so when he found out Zeke, his son, got shot, he beat the crap out of the cop who didn't respond. Yeah. Detective Finch. So like, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things there's going on in this police, in this precinct. Here. So nowadays, since Zeke doesn't trust any of the other cops, he goes undercover on his own without telling anybody. So he uh, is undercover as part of a robbery. They they rob some drug dealers. Yeah. But at the end, some other cops come in and arrest them all. And when they're like, wait, Zeke, what are you doing here? And it's because there's no communication between the police officers that led to this weird mix-up. Mm-hmm. But Zeke's like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm not going to have any of you come with me on these missions. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Rule 24, trust no one. Everybody's a suspect! Yeah, yeah. You're, like, not even in a horror movie. You're just in, like, a cop drama. Yeah. So the captain is pissed. Uh, Captain, I think her name is Angie. Captain Angie. Okay. Yep. Um, She is also corrupt. She covers up stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's pissed off at Zeke, so she assigns him a partner. And we get uh, Detective Shank. He's a new cop. He's 24, fresh out of the academy, but, like, really Young good cop. Young stud. Young stud. And so he's going to be Zeke's partner. Spoiler alert. Detective Shank is the killer. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, he is behind everything. Because the witness who was murdered by Zeke's partner, Pete, that, that man, was Shank's father. So Shank is fucking pissed at the cops, but he likes Zeke because Zeke... You know, did the right thing. Yeah, Zeke turned turned his partner in, and so Shank does this big long con to become a cop, to become Zeke's partner, so they so that they can like clean the police department. Mm-hmm. That's his whole plan. He wants to get rid of all the dirty cops. Who do you think's got a longer con, uh, Shank or Sawyer from Lost? Shank. I mean, yeah, yeah. Last like twelve years. Well, didn't Sawyer also have a real long con from yeah, like yeah, like six months? Yeah, Shank blows him out of the water. <laughs> But obviously, you know, this is Saw. We don't find that out. Or the Saw series, we don't find that out till the very end. So the whole time we're led to believe Shank is a good guy. He's got a family, the wife and kid. No, none of that. We're even led to believe he dies. Yep. But we'll get into all that. So Zeke and Shank, they're they're sent to investigate um, this subway incident. Definitely just a homeless guy getting killed, right? Yeah, definitely. Nothing nefarious about this. But what ends up happening is Zeke gets a package in the mail. It says, uh, it's a USB. It says, play me on it. 
Uh, so I love this. Zeke's like, well, I don't want to fuck up my computer. So Shank, move over. We're going to use your computer to watch this. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, like when I when I first saw him put it in, I was like, "What is he doing? He's putting it in a computer Isn't that to be like safety protocols." But no, he put it in someone else's computer. So. Hilarious. Yeah, it's funny, and it's it's from this new copycat jigsaw killer. Uh, his goal, he's like, hey, "It's time to reform the police." I tried to reform Detective McMurray from Letterkenny, and he wouldn't do it. So, rip. There is a pic. This video shows the courthouse, so that all the cops go check out the courthouse. There's another package there. Inside the package is Detective Boswick's tongue and his badge. So Detective Boswick is dead. All police officers, rule number one, you are in a horror movie. Yep. The first rule surviving a horror movie, you have to know you're in one. Serial killer targeting cops. You guys are all in a horror movie. Yeah. Every single cop. Yep. All of them. And they know it, I think. But they don't... They, sh- they should be better from here on out. Yeah. Nobody really audibly says, like, hey, we gotta watch our backs. Uh, but... Yeah, that's kind of what everyone has to be doing. Captain tries to give the lead of the case to a guy named Detective O'Brien, who's not really that important. He's there. Uh, but Zeke demands it because, you know, he was the first officer on scene, and Boswick was his friend. Mm-hmm. So he manages to convince the captain to give him the case. They go pay the respect to Boswick's wife and get some, like, of the iPad and some of his tech and stuff. Zeke goes home that night to his apartment and finds the door open. Rule number five, lock and load. He draws his gun. He does draw his gun. He's very yeah, very smart about that. Follows rule five. Inside, he finds his father, who is the landlord of the building. Former Chief Marcus, played by Samuel L. Jackson. I'm yeah. just tickled pink that Samuel L. Jackson is in a Saw movie. Oh, yeah. He he was fantastic. Yeah. I, lo- I loved him in it. He doesn't have a ton of screen time, no. but he makes the most of it. His, his character is, I don't know, it's not like very multidimensional, no. but, you know. He himself plays the role just perfect. It's angry Samuel Jackson in a Saw movie. What else do you need? Yeah, what else do you really need? <laughs> Maybe a snake on a plane. <laughs> so the cops start investigating the case as they do, and they realize Boswick was at the 4th of July parade, and they realize two of the city's cameras were broken. Like the, the public cameras that they use for this kind of stuff, they were broken. So uh, they send Detective Fitch and Detective Krause out to check, you know, investigating it. Detective Fitch we mentioned earlier, he's another one of the corrupt cops. He's the one who did not respond to Zeke when Zeke got shot. So this guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Detective Krause is a nothing character. She's in the movie. That's about all I got for her. Yeah, she doesn't really have much. Yep. Uh. So she might not be corrupt. Don't know. But yeah, they go out, and they're going to go check it out, try and find... And they end up getting to a pawn shop that has a camera, and then they manage to find some uh, useful footage on there. But meanwhile, Marcus, Samuel Jackson, we get a scene of him just like... Going off on his own with a gun and entering a spooky warehouse. Yeah, randomly out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, and we'll come back to this. That we, we don't really get anything about this again until like near the end of the movie. Yeah, basically right at the end. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson disappears for a long time, and then he doesn't really show up again until the third act. Uh, besides flashbacks. He's in a couple of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Detective Fitch figures out like the guy who was being chased by Detective Boswick was a local junkie by the name of Benny. So Benny was the guy who ran, stole the purse, ran down to the sewer. And Fitch knows Benny, so Fitch is like, hey, Krause, why don't you go back to the station and do whatever? I'm going to go talk to Benny. Rule number 19, don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. <laughs> Seriously. He's going to go visit this junkie who lives in this abandoned warehouse somewhere alone. Yeah, no, that's just, no, never, never a good idea. And he also takes a, a gun from the pawn shop without paying for it. He just takes it. 
And they, so the implication there, he's going to shoot him. Mm-hmm. So he, Fitch is going to go kill this guy. Yeah, that was the implication. Also, very interesting how they just have a gun on the wall with a magazine with bullets in said magazine. And it's like, oh, yeah, here, I'll grab that. Yeah. Rule number four, don't be a menace. No. I mean, I suppose lock and load, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't want him to be locked. You can and bring your own gun and do things by the book and try and take him in with backup. And if he like tries to kill you, then you shoot him. Then you shoot him. Yeah, a, a proper procedure. But no, not a lot. Not a lot of proper procedure in this movie. No. So Fitch is gonna go over there, and Benny's not there. There's a, a pig mask laying in his mattress. So he tries to call some other cops. Nothing, nothing gets through, but he gets distracted by this. And gets captured by Pighead. Rule 2, constant vigilance. Yeah. Fitch is fucking terrible. Oh, just awful. So Fitch is going to wake up in a trap, and we're not going to see what happens right away. We're going to come back to it, but we'll just talk about what happened to him now, because why not? Okay. He wakes up in a trap, and his fingers are in these like weird net things. And basically, he has to clamp his jaw down on these metal bars, and it'll activate a machine that will rip his fingers off. Yeah, really in a slow, painful, torturous way. Basically, why Fitch was selected is because he pulled over some kid one night, some teenager, and the kid gave him the finger when he asked, like, I can I see your driver's license identification and whatever. Kid gives the uh, Fitch the finger. So Fitch pulls out a gun and shoots him. Seems like a justified response. What the fuck? <laughs> don't be a menace. Yeah, don't be a Like, everyone in this movie is a menace. They should all be named Dennis. So it's... for this poor kid who got shot, Rule 43, tread cautiously when dealing with the police. Yep. You shouldn't get shot for giving a cop a finger, but you never know when you're going to run across a crazy corrupt cop. Yeah, seriously. So I can't recommend giving the cops the finger as much fun as it is. <laughs> so Fitch has to hold this thing down to get his fingers off, and he can't quite do it for long enough because it's too painful. So some of his fingers get ripped off, but not all of them. I think he had about eight of them off. Yeah. And then he gets electrocuted to death because he just couldn't get out in time. So Fitch is dead. It's basically the same thing for Boswick. True. This one I this one I had a little more uh, difficulty because I, I, I started to realize, you know, as the fingers are getting pulled out, you know, so you got to scream. You got to yep. have pain. But the whole bit is you got to have your clamp, jaw clamped yep. down. And so, I mean, like you can obviously, you know, uh, through the teeth. but Harder like, trap than the first one. I would say it's a significantly harder trap, but I mean, one that still you just have to do the thing and then yep. just let it happen. You just gotta grit your teeth, literally. <laughs> grit your teeth and bear it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's another thing where, like, yeah, this is gonna fucking suck. Yeah, you rule 45, you just gotta follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he shouldn't, he should have gone here with backup. Maybe he wouldn't have gotten captured and killed. That's the, that's the real big one for him, is he just went off on his own to do this. So Fitch is dead. The cops don't know this yet. We'll get back to that. So Zeke goes in to talk to his dad. His dad's missing. Not there. Not that big a deal. It's a, it's a day. It's been a day, yeah. Well, and we've also kind of had some exposition between the two where it seems like their relationship is yeah, strained. They don't the... hang out much. No. So not that weird. They don't see each other very often. So uh, they get another package at the police station, which leads all the cops to the area where uh, Fitch had that shooting. Um, they find a pig, dead pig, inside the car, like a little, real Actual pig. Actual pig. And another box. This one has uh, Fitch's fingers and the badge. Um, and they managed to track down the crime scene for Fitch. Fitch is confirmed dead. Good riddance. And at this point, people are suggesting Zeke might be the killer because he had problems with Fitch. Yeah, that seemed like a, a, a far-fetched uh, stretch, even for the cops that didn't like him. So, Detective Krause passes on the information. They're looking for this guy, Benny. So Zeke and Shank go to a drug house where they know Benny gets his meth. 
they put a paint bomb in a little bucket that the, the drug dealers used to take the money up and then send the meth back down <laughs> to distract the drug dealer so the bomb goes out and his face covers it with paint. And then they oh my gosh, I love that scene. It was really funny. Um, like, we got 10 seconds! But then, like, Zeke, he gets a little corrupt and he kind of just beats this drug dealer for information. Oh, yeah. He, like, just, like taps on his open wound, yep. rubs, pours alcohol in, his, in the wound. It's just, yeah, he starts getting a little out of hand. Rule for it, don't be a man of Zeke. But they, they learn that Benny has been missing for a couple of days. The mm-hmm. rumor is he OD'd, and he's like, yeah, that tracks, because you don't just quit math. Yeah. You're not showing up to get more math, well, you're probably dead. Yep, it's, or you're moved away or something, but yeah, yeah, you're most likely dead. Most likely dead. You know, meth will do that to you. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Except math. Except math. <laughs> <laughs> so Zeke and Shank are wondering, like, hey, is this specifically about Zeke? Like, are they, does this have something to do with Zeke? Is it an enemy of Zeke? So they go back and visit Pete, the cop who shot the man, mm-hmm. uh, and they they try and uh, they get some information out of him. It's kind of a dead end because he's he's out of prison. He works in a church as an AA alcohol uh, lives in the basement. Uh, alcohol Anonymous advisor lives in the basement of the church, and this is where we get all the information about Pete and what he did. And, but Zeke still can't get a hold of his dad. Hmm, maybe maybe report it. Day two now. I mean, 20, 40, 48 hours is the uh, term, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe report it, you know, being a police officer and whatnot. Yeah, you know, maybe just send out an APB. Curry arrives at the police station with a box. They clear the station, except for O'Brien, the captain, and Zeke. Inside is a puppet and some skin with a tattoo of the name Charlie on there, which is a tattoo Detective Shank had because of his son Charlie. On his arm. And there's also a bottle of paint from an old paint shop. It's now a butcher shop, but it used to be a paint shop that Zeke and his dad used to go to. They go to the scene, and there is a dead body that has been skinned alive there. And you know, we're supposed to think it's Detective Shank. It's actually Benny, the uh, mm-hmm. the meth head. But yeah, Shank fakes his death. Uh, he actually tattooed Charlie onto Benny after he killed him. And the, the tattoo is, again, of uh, Shank's father. But yeah, this is kind of sloppy. I thought it was like, this is obviously Shank. Yeah, it didn't really make much sense at the when I was watching this. I was like, well, that's, I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. It really, you know, so for Benny, it's really hard to say what he did wrong besides being a menace. Yeah, or a meth addict. Yes, yes. So <laughs> was he promised more meth to do this stuff? Don't get greedy. Okay, rule number four, don't be a menace. And then uh, rule number... 44. 44, don't, don't get greedy. Don't get greedy with your meth. Yes. Beyond that, it's hard to say what he did because we don't see the, his actual death on screen. Yeah, we really don't. He was killed and then he was skinned alive. Or, no. Killed and skinned alive. Yes, I like yes, that. Yes. yes, I like that a lot. He was killed and then skinned, so it, it, we don't know. There's not enough information for Benny beyond being a menace and being greedy. So, whatever. Then, call goes out. Officer down. So the cops converge on this location. There's an officer who got a few uh, slices by Pighead just in the middle of broad daylight. So this is basically distracting the cops. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back at the police station, the captain gets a text from... Samuel Jackson, Marcus, saying like, hey, I got an idea. Go check out Cold Case File 9, 7, whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. Gonna go Good on, idea. Going down to Cold Case Files. Everyone else is distracted. She gets down there. It's a trap. Yeah. Rule number 33, never assume you're safe. Yes, that's true. I will say, though, she does follow rule 51, tell people where you're going. Yes. So um, she does follow that rule. Yep. I give her praise for that. So when Zeke does figure out what's going on, he finds her fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But the problem is she gets down there and sees Pighead. And then tries to run away. Okay, rule 11, get out. Get out! Yep. 
Door slam shut, she's locked in. Another option would have been just take the fucking shot. Just open fire. Oh, I know. Rule 22, take the shot. But then there's like gas grenades, smoke grenades going off to knock her out. Yeah, she, like you mentioned during the movie, it's like, back into a corner. Yeah, back, literally you're right next to the entrance that you just came from. You know that nobody can open that door. Yeah. So just sit, get your back right on that wall and then wait for any movement that you can possibly see in front of you. It doesn't, it ultimately doesn't no. uh, matter. Because Probably wouldn't have saved her. It's like knockout gas. But it's uh, better than what she did Yeah, do. it's better than what she did running and walking around and spinning around. And, and she gets knocked out. Um, she's going to wake up in a trap. This was a brutal one. This was a... Oh, yeah. This one was a rough one. I don't know if I could have done this one. I I don't think I could have. No. She, there's a machine that is going to pour hot wax onto her face and suffocate her. The only way to stop it is there's a blade behind her neck, and she has to sever her own spinal cord. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a... Yeah. I don't even know how you could even do that with, like... Cause you, you don't really have your that. neck back and forth. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and the line is, you can't walk away from this. You can survive. It's like, oh, my God. Like, that's terrifying. And the reason she was chosen again is she covered up a lot of the cops' stuff. So, you know, she was enabling all this bad behavior. Just let the cops walk. Uh, don't be a menace. Rule four. Mm-hmm. So Zeke's going to get back to the police station. He's got it figured out, like, hey, the captain's in, in trouble. They get down there. It's too late. She's already dead. And um, she could not cut her fucking spinal cord in time. And then he got, she got her face melted off because of yep. it. Honestly, can't really blame her for not making it out of this trap. I don't no, think I could have done this. I don't think I could. Well, I mean, it's weird because, like, the moment that the hot wax hits you, you're going to be deformed yep. in some way. So it's like, well, and then they it, it started the hot wax immediately after the tape ended. And so yep. it was just like, well, I'll be deformed and can't walk. But the, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot to, there was no there was no time to really think. Yeah. It was just more like, well, either get severing or. Yeah get waxing um, so if you're gonna do it you gotta go fast so again all know, these traps are like you don't really have a lot of time i think he wanted these guys to die yeah like uh, he was he wanted it to be jigsaw enough where they had a chance but it's like 15 seconds yeah run bitch run cut bitch cut but yeah i can't really fault her for not making it out of this one mm, I, I don't think no. i could have done it but yeah so she's dead so he does some investigating and it turns out the cameras got turned off for like 13 minutes well who can access that cops so he checks the list of people who accessed that system that day. One of them was Pete, who is not a cop anymore. He's the uh, he's, he's an ex cop. Hey, hey guys, so that's suspicious. How did Pete get in the system, and why was he turning the cameras off? So Zeke goes to find Pete at the church, and he's calling his dad. Still can't get a hold of his dad. Distracted by all of this, rule number two: constant vigilance. Zeke mm. is grabbed by Pighead. Yeah. At just as he's leaving the the uh, the church, broad daylight too. Yeah, broad daylight. A lot of these can't happen in just like broad daylight. Yeah, which Zeke mentions earlier, you can get away with a lot in the day. That's interesting. Yeah, that's true. So Zeke wakes up in I. It's like a glass bottle breaking room. It's like a machine that like shatters glass bottles and mm-hmm. turns it on the glass and like melts it down. I don't know what that's I, called. I would believe to like make sand or something. Yeah, but I don't know. Not sure. Yeah. Zeke is handcuffed to a pipe. He is given a hacksaw. Oh my! And then the classic saw music is like dun dun dun. Just very gently in the background. Oh, chills. I know it was nice. I was like, this is a nice little homage here. Yeah. Luckily, he's also given a bobby pin, so he can just like pick the handcuffs and he's done. Because uh, Sheck does not want Zeke to actually like go through a trap. Like, yeah, that's not his plan. Because he's a good cop. Also in the room is Pete. Pete is chained up. And this this glass machine is going to start firing shards of glass at a billion miles per hour. Yeah. 
this trap's insane. Yeah, I would never. Do you know how many? So like, we saw all the all the bits of like actual glass, but I couldn't stop but thinking about the tiny microscopic shards of glass that you can't see. You'll never get it out. And yo, it was so much. It was just like. It would have been all over your body. It would have been just an awful thing to go through. That would have been, oh my god, that would have been so bad. So, Zeke, his choice is like, hey, you can save him or not. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah, he doesn't deserve it, but you can can save him if you want to. So, all these glass shards are flying out of this machine, and horrible. This probably, I don't know if this is the, this is probably the most graphic trap of the movie. Maybe besides the fingers. I don't know. It's between those two. It's it's definitely between these two, yeah. But Zeke figures out where the key is. It's just in a trash can, and he can unlock him, and he tries to, but it's too late, Pete. It's Pete's too dead. late. So Pete, maybe if you hadn't killed an innocent man. <laughs> yeah, or at least, you know, be thorough and make sure that there's no one else living in the apartment. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go that route. Uh, but rule number four, don't be a menace uh, for Pete. Uh, and uh, we don't know how he got captured. Um, and he had no control over the trap itself. This was Zeke's trap. Yep. Uh, this was his test. It was his test. As, and he, uh, he technically failed the test because Zeke was supposed to let this guy die. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he didn't because he's a good cop. Yep. But as Zeke's leaving the room, he's taking shards of glass out. And you shouldn't do no, that. No, that is a big no-no. You need to leave that in. I wrote I wrote down big no-no on the sh- removing of the glass yeah. shard. Especially when it was on your inner forearm. Yeah. Where uh, some expensive veins are. Yeah, because if you sever one of those, pulling that out... Or if it is already severed, it, it, it's holding blood in. Yeah, it's it's holding it together. It's, so it's not going to matter for Zeke at all, but it could have easily. It could it could have been the death of him. It could have. Uh, rule 46 is proper wound management, and mm-hmm. Zeke does not do that here. Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, it's just a flesh wound. So Zeke goes upstairs, and here we go. Detective Shank is here. He's the killer. Yada, yada, yada. We already knew this. Yep. The big reveal. Yeah, and this is where we learn all the stuff we've already talked about, how Shank did it. He lured Samuel Jackson Marcus to the warehouse by borrowing Zeke's phone earlier in the movie and texted him like, hey, I got a lead. Come to this warehouse. I need your help. And he goes to help his son. He's being a good dad. He's being a good, good dad. And then we see the flashback. He goes into the warehouse alone. Maybe wait outside for your son before going in. Rule 12, wait for backup. Yeah, like... I'm so confused why he would just all of a sudden be like, well, my son wants me here, but he's not here. Let me go inside. Yep. Call in some backup and search the building together. Yeah. Maybe call your son and be like, hey, where are you? But as he's going through the warehouse, with the, he's got a gun at least, he finds a message like, oh, let's play a game, Chief Banks. Oh, you want to play games, motherfucker? I'll play a game. Goddamn! Yeah, Sam L. with the line of the movie. Oh, it's so good. I'll play games, motherfucker. It's 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 excellent. It's Peak Sam L. Yes. But he, of course, gets distracted when he finds the killer's lair, and he gets captured. Rule 2, constant vigilance. It's the same story, this whole fucking movie. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of newbies yeah. in this one. Be better. Constant vigilance, wait for backup. That is the movie. Don't be a menace. Yeah, that too. So, Detective Shank wants uh, Zeke to team up with him. Hey, Zeke, you will find all the dirty cops. I'll handle the rest. Zeke's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if this was him, uh, like, actually agreeing, or if it was him just trying to say what he needed to to get his dad out. I think it's the second one. I think it was that. Rule 55, connect with the villain. Yeah, that was kind of my thought, because he was just, he he didn't even hesitate. He was just like, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, go along with it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, why not? Let's see, you gotta wait for your opportune moment to do something about it, so might as well just, like, string him along. Shank, he calls 911 and fires his gun four times. Um, now there's only one bullet left in the gun because 
uh, Marcus had fired a shot earlier. One plus two plus two plus one. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate the clue reference. So he calls down one. He's like, oh, there's a crazy man at the building. Get, get over here now. And he's the, shooting everywhere. And they're going to send a SWAT team over. And Shake's like, okay, come with me. Let's do this. Your final test brings in Zeke to the final room where uh, Marcus Samuel Jackson is strung up. And he's getting the blood drained out of him. Yeah, in a very uh, elaborate trap. And why this is happening is Marcus, when he was chief, he implemented this system um, called Article 8, which gave cops extra powers, basically. And that's why the cops were allowed to be so dirty in the, in the previous years, because Samuel Jackson and then the captain they authorized them. the use of it. So, you know, all these other cops did these bad things, but only because the people at the top allowed them to do it. So, Shank blames Marcus for what happened. So, he gives Zeke the gun with one bullet, and he's got to make a choice. He could shoot Shank and just end all this, but Samuel Jackson bleeds out. Or he fires at a target, which will release Samuel Jackson, but will allow Shank to get away. That's the choice. And eventually, he's going to you know save his dad. Yeah. Seems like Rule 22, take the shot. Yeah. I mean, if that was the whole goal was to save his dad, I mean, I don't really know why it took him so long to... And one thing we should mention, you know, they're all familiar with Jigsaw. This is a copycat. Uh, Rule 21, learn from past events... You have to assume that if someone has studied Jigsaw this much, there's always, like, a game within the game. Mm -hmm. So shooting Shrank probably had some horrible ramifications that he just couldn't predict. It probably did. So go the safe route. And, and that's what he does, which I, I, I respect. Plus, you got to save your dad. It's your dad. It's true. I, I would save my dad over shooting the serial killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think anybody would. Uh, yeah. Oh, one thing, uh, while all this is happening, uh, Shank uh, set up a little wire uh, on the, the big metal door to this room. He booby-trapped it. He booby-trapped it. And then he's walking over to the elevator to get away, and Zeke attacks him. And they get in, and Zeke's just beating the shit out of him. Yeah, he really taking the upper hand to him. SWAT team shows up, and they start cutting their way into the building, and they, they sever this wire. And throughout this entire movie, we've seen this 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 puppet. And it's not Billy the Puppet, it's something brand new. It is a pig dressed as a cop, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a marionette. And when they sever this wire, it turns Samuel Jackson into a marionette. All these wires. And yeah, he hoists him up. Yep. Turns him into a little puppet. And it turns out Samuel Jackson's got some guns attached to his arms. So when the squad team comes in, they see a man standing there with a bunch of guns. And then they just open fire. Yeah, they just shred him to, spread him to waste. Rule 22, take the shot. I do not blame these guys at all. Of course not. No, no. I don't blame it at all. And he, I mean, I blame Samuel for not like being like, hey, no. Yeah. But I mean, what are you going to do in that situation? Maybe if he hadn't allowed all these dirty cops to do their thing, if he hadn't been a menace, he you wouldn't think. be here. You would think. Rule four, don't be a menace. So Samuel Jackson gets shot and killed by the cops. Mm-hmm. Brutally. And obviously Zeke is distracted by this. So it gives Shrank enough time to get in the elevator and get away. So he escapes. He gets out. But the movie ends with uh, Shrank escaping and Zeke going, no. But much more dramatically. Much more dramatically. And that is the end of Spiral. I'm really hoping we get a sequel. I actually, I am too. Um, I think, I think it will happen because, I mean, how could you not? How I mean, can you not? I mean, we've had what nine now? Yeah, eight. Let's get Chris Rock back and let's yeah. do this. This was fun. So really fun movie. Uh, I don't have any new rules though. It's kind of a lot of stuff we've seen before. Yeah. So let's get in some awards, huh? I like it. I like For, that. First, we have the Randy Meeks merit badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Oh my God, this is like impossible. Yeah, this is. I mean, could you probably say Chris Rock? But even he gets himself captured in the 
only reason he survives is because he's not a menace. I suppose that is true. I have my 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 idea is the SWAT team because they get called out to this kind of this crime and they go in together as a group. That is true. They do not alone. They do that. They they pretty much do everything by the book. Yep. They 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 cut their way in. They shoot the supposed crazy man. It's you know it's 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 they walk into a trap. It's not really their fault. Man had a gun. It's just unfortunate. But they do the things by the book, unlike every other character in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if there's another character that does anything by the book. Like, is there? No. Um, so I think we just give it to the SWAT team. Yeah, I mean, that's... I don't really have much of a... I don't really have a better pick, honestly. Yeah. I don't really... Everybody kind of sucked in this movie. So then we have Night of the Living Plow, which goes the character did the worst job at following the rules. And this, of course, based on Barbara from The Night of the Living Dead, the worst movie character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. We have so many choices. Oh my god, we have so many choices. A lot of them made the same ones, too. So who is the least forgivable for getting captured? Because, like, let's, the guy at the beginning, uh, Boswick, I think we can toss him out because he didn't know there was a serial killer on the list. Yep. We can toss him out. Mm-hmm. I think we can toss out the captain because she was at the police station. So I'm kind of leaning towards De- Detective Fitch. Because he was one of the biggest menaces of the bunch, but then he was with his partner, actively chose to split up from her, and then go meet this meth head and get killed. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see where you're coming from with that, because, yeah, he definitely had a bigger role to play in his demise. He had, the like, the worst excuse for being on his own when he got captured. Yeah, well, there was no reason for them no. to split up. His goal, he was going to go kill Benny. Benny. Poor Benny. <laughs> Poor meth head Benny. <laughs> So I'm thinking Detective Fitch. What do you think? I I am fine with that. Like they're all so terrible. Yeah. Like it's kind of like pick your choice. But yeah, I like I like those reasons. The worst of the worst. The it's worst of the worst. Detective Fitch. All right. So Detective Fitch is the night of the living pleb, and he is not so living anymore. No, he is not. Good riddance. And that spiral. That spiral. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. We uh, we're done with the soft series for the second time. <laughs> Again, I can't believe it. <laughs> also, whenever the next sound movie comes out. You'll be back. I'll be right here waiting and cannot wait to get back on this podcast. Um, so Spiral is off the wheel now because, the, you know, we're done. Yep. So going on in its place is Tremors. Ooh, yep. Tremors. Tremors series is finally going on the board. I'm excited. We got seven movies to talk about there. Hell yeah. I Tremors love Tremors. is a great series. Uh, the first one is basically perfect, and the rest of them are at least fun. Yeah. So I love that series. We have seven the Tremors is on the wheel. Right now on the wheel, we have the A Nightmare on Elm Street remake, part two of the It miniseries, Leatherface, which is the eighth movie in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. series, Tremors, Bride of Chucky, Leprechaun Origins, The Exorcist, The Beginning, and the Friday the 13th remake. Those are our eight movies. Jake, go ahead and spin the wheel. The spiral. <laughs> All right, and that is Leatherface. That is Texas Chainsaw Massacre part Eight, mm, um, which is an okay movie. It's very similar to The Devil's Rejects. I think that's, it is. It's really similar, actually. It's it's okay. It's it's different. Serviceable. It's serviceable. There's better Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, and there are far far worse. But wait here and stick around <laughs> for the podcast to know what we think about it. <laughs> uh, so Jordan Ryan will be back for Leatherface. So yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I can't promise it'll be fun, but it'll be a time. <laughs> it will be a time had. Uh, Jake, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Always always a pleasure. And in person. In person, yeah. We are in person this time. It's yeah. been a while since we've done that. Uh, do you want to give out any social media or plug anything? Um, You know, I don't really do a whole lot of social media things these days. Good for you. So, um, 
Sadly, probably not this time, but maybe next time I will. Who okay. knows? Okay, sounds good. But anyway, make sure you guys like, subscribe. That's more of a YouTube thing. But do what you do on on, and make sure you give this guy all your support. We appreciate he it. He does a lot of work here. We, we, I definitely appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. Give us five-star reviews on your podcast of choice. You know, you know the usual. You listen to this by now. If you're listening to the Spiral Podcast, I'm sure you heard the first eight Saw yep. Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yep, They're the diehards. Yep, you've heard it by now. All right. Anything else, Jake? Ah, stay spooky, Stacy. Stay spooky. All right, I like it. All right, this has been the How to Spiral Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.